0: When's the last time you had a professional marriage expert give you advice, proven strategies to help you overcome the miserable arguments and fights that keep coming back again and again and again? You know what I'm talking about. Is your relationship struggling with difficulty communicating? Maybe it's just a lack of intimacy and feeling disconnected, or maybe you feel stuck. Because of those same stupid arguments, you just can't seem to get past. Hey, if resentment is becoming a problem, don't waste another moment. Join the VIP inner circle. Head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and get live help throughout the week with yours truly, me. Allow me the chance. I want the chance to help to give you the proven strategies that I know work. I've researched these things personally, and anything I'm going to use to help you has been proven effective by other researchers. So I'm telling you, these things work. Personalized coaching, well, that's not all you're going to get. With the VIP inner circle membership, you'll gain instant access to a massive vault of marriage education online courses. You're gonna get downloadable couples exercises. Man, you can print these things out and use them in the moment to make sure your relationship doesn't become miserable. You'll have access to free monthly webinars and very cool online assessments to help you know exactly the growth areas for you that need to change smalleyinstitute.com. Join the family with the VIP inner circle membership. Countless books focus on leadership. Numerous podcasts, And TED Talks speak about leading others and leading organizations and developing leaders and so on. But before you can lead others well, much less discover real success or leave a legacy that others will remember you for, well, you got to first learn to lead yourself. I have today Jeff Reeder. He's a successful businessman as well as an accomplished leader who has helped many become better versions of themselves. He's guided many on the path to achieving their goals and he believes that when you live your life by design and make decisions based on your intentions you can lead yourself to live the life you've always imagined and among those countless people that Jeff Reader has helped I would be considered one of them so I am beyond excited to welcome to Inspirational Comedy Podcast Mr. Jeff Reiter, thank you for joining me today, Jeff.
1: Oh, my goodness, Michael, what a huge blessing. I'm so nervous that my presence on your podcast will drag it down to the point that no listener will ever listen again. And it sounds like a, it's killing it. And so how you stoop to this degree of, uh, of death uh, in getting a speaker is careful. But Jeff, I am very grateful.
0: That's my secret. I perform so terribly that people love the podcast because it makes them feel better about themselves. <laughs> so when I can find a guy that's even worse than I am, it's like pure podcast gold.
1: <laughs> that's perfect. Um, I'm happy to help drag you down and uh, do know that Cindy Reader and I love you and Amy and just are so grateful for, I don't know how many years Uh, We have been buddies and doing life together. And also, I can't help but mention that your father, in fact, both your mom and your dad, but certainly your dad, mentored me uh, when I worked at Cannecuck in the early 80s in relationships. And uh, we've been friends. We worked with your father for literally over 40 years before he passed. So your legacy of your family and and you and Amy's uh, friendship with us is certainly a treasure to us.
0: No, I appreciate that, Jeff, and it kind of sounds like you're saying that my father is the reason for your current success in life, ergo, we need to start talking royalties to the, to the Smalley family here.
1: Uh, I, I love it, and we, we can certainly negotiate a deal yeah. there. <laughs>
0: well, the value that you've been in, in our life is uh, immeasurable, so I guess I'll have to call it even.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: <laughs> Jeff, I couldn't have been more excited. I know, I think you may have sent me a text first and I got an email and then Cindy, your, your wonderful wife started, you know, reaching out as well and announcing the launch of your book, Do Life Differently, a strategic path toward extraordinary. And I'll be honest, you know, first thought is, okay, wait a minute. What's reader up to? And then I started diving into it and I thought, I got to get this guy on. So just tell me maybe what was the birth of this book for you? I, you know, you didn't have to write it, right? You, you've got everything set and you don't have to have a book or fame or anything. But what, what drove you to write this book?
1: You know, Michael, it's, it's first of all, it's so humbling to write a book. And as I wrote it, it took me about five years because I'm slow, but, um, it, it, but it also I kept processing, you know, who's going to read anything that I have to offer the world? And, you know, but the truth is I'm, I'm very missional. My, my, my heart is to pursue impact in the lives of others. Uh, for many, many, many years, uh, I've been a financial advisor, 36 years. And I've been meeting with client after client and prospect after prospect and talking, talking to them about life. I'll ask them, in the next three years, what are your goals personally, professionally and financially? And hearing their answers has been just truly remarkable. And and getting to journey with them in the pursuit of visioning, you know, in a different way and achieving a life that's actually possible to achieve and not relegating everything to happenstance and just, gee, let's just see what turns out. But literally having the impetus to move forward, that's just been something I'm passionate about. And that's really what this
0: book is about. So what would you say, like, why, why would someone want to pick this book up? Why do they want to get it? I have my Kindle version. I told you earlier, as we just said, hello, before, we officially quote unquote started to record. So I have it all, Jeff, all those amazing things you said about me. I'll probably use in promo uh, elsewhere, but, um, (laughs) why, you know, why, why would someone need to read this?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, I think it's, it ties to what you said at the beginning, this idea of leading ourselves, um, you know there's so many people that are leading others and and in a leadership role in various ways but but I think the key to leading ourselves in this this pursuit of a vision that's exceedingly abundantly above or beyond what we might have asked or thought had we thought about it. and yeah. uh, of course that's ephesians 320 but I think that's what this book is about. It isn't a book that judges us. it is a book that sort of uh, inspires us hopefully to, move in a direction that's honoring to the Lord.
0: Well, and let me, I got to follow up with that. When you say this isn't a book that judges us, what do you mean? Because there are books out there you read and you're like, I'm a horrible human being and I should quit. And what does that mean to you?
1: Well, the first thing that hits me is when a knucklehead like me writes a book like this, it can't be judgmental, otherwise, you know, I would be the first to to not like my own book. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the 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 most imperfect person in the world has written this book about running after extraordinary in a way that only God can can lead us to do. And so, um, I I we live in this crazy world where um you know doing things right tends to be defined by the crowd or somebody else and the truth is that God has made us uniquely and fearfully and wonderfully we've been made to do things that are unique and extraordinary but all our own and so the judgment uh part of that is is this you know let's let's avoid judgment in our pursuit of life the way God designed us each individually to to run after
0: Well, and in an effort to, I'll toot your own horn for you, just so people know, um, Jeff, one of my favorite things about you is if someone ran into you at a mall or an Applebee's, if those are still open (laughs) for business, um, they would have no idea the level of success that you've reached. And I can say that just personally, in the sense of, um, I've never been around you and felt less than or somehow pathetic or like, oh, guy, and I'm beneath you. And, um, but everybody, when it, you have an opportunity, because it, it kind of sounds like, Jeff, you've tried to take what helped you succeed in life, which you've succeeded. I don't know what your net worth is. Maybe you maybe you wanted to share that on our podcast. But I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess it's in the trillions of dollars. It's, it's, like a, it's like a small country. But um I kid. But you you've been incredibly successful. So I I've always appreciated your humility, but I think what I'm trying to get people to hear is that no. <laughs> Jeff Reader has rocked it since Baylor University when you were a wide receiver and you got your helmet split by uh, Mike Singletary in practice as a freshman, uh, which is a pretty awesome claim to fame, by the way. Um, but I know you've been extraordinarily successful. So, honestly, part of where I got excited to get the book, because, and you and I have talked about stuff like this for years, but to have it all in one easy-to-consume thing – it feels like this is kind of you looking back on your life going, I think this might've been the most important thing for me and in, in, in your own success.
1: Well, I, I, that's so kind of you, Michael. And I, there, you know, there's a section of the book that, that we call survival to success to significance. And, and I, I think we're all on a journey. And by the end of that section, um, one of the things that we realize is that even if we've moved from survival to success to significance in life, we can instantly find ourselves back to survival uh, with a phone call or an issue with a child or or a health issue with a family member, and so we constantly are regenerating ourselves from a place of anxiousness that we're called not to have, and and continuing to move ourselves. To a better place uh, in 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 our journey with God, and so I think, uh, yes, I mean the answer is part of it is is part of my journey, uh, but the reality is my journey is so incomplete and so not perfect that uh, there's some real issues there that people gather from the book also.
0: Well, and and I appreciate the authenticity and the realness of it, and I think it's a big Maybe the biggest reason it's not a judgmental thing of you stink. And if you would just be more like me, everything would be so much better. Um, It's similar, you know, one of my favorite legacy, you know, when people want to talk to me about my father and um, probably my fate, one of the craziest things to me when I look back on his life and you know, this. Uh, Amy and I took care of him his last 18 months of life through home hospice. And I can tell everybody that, oh, I, he he graduated to heaven on a Sunday, March 6th, 2016. And feels like he kind of became, you know, not overly responsive, maybe on the Wednesday before that Sunday. So it was just a number of days that he wasn't really engaged in life. Uh, on Tuesday, he was reading emails and a chapter from one of his closest friends who was writing a new book and so excited to be learning something about Jesus all the way to the end. And, you know, he, he just, he, ne- he never felt like he arrived. Obviously my father did a lot of wonderful things. You have too. Uh, but it's that, it feels like it's that attitude of, Hey, here's some good things I've learned that helped me. But at the same time, none of us ever arrive. And let's keep learning until the day we we die.
1: Yeah, Michael, so I'm thinking back to uh a trip we were on with your mom and dad and Joe and Debbie Joe White to Cabo San Lucas. Um, and and what and this wasn't really that long uh prior to your father's death, but but his humility, his vulnerability, his, his, you know, here he is the marriage expert of the world and yet is talking about conflicts that they were currently having, you know, he and sweet Norma. And I just think, Oh my gosh, you know, that true uh, authentic vulnerability is such an attribute that I hope that I have, you know, along currently and, and certainly a long time into the future.
0: So, Uh why, you know, the book, it, it feels like the big premise is that I am the most important person in my success. What do you, what does that mean?
1: Yeah, I, I feel like this by default thing is, is such a significant um, piece of the puzzle in our world. Um, it's almost like, well, we'll just see how things happen. We'll just see how things work out. Uh, and even, even those of us that are spiritual, I'm sure God has a great plan for me and it will, it will unfold, you know, in an effective way. And the truth is, um, you know, think of the the parable of the talents biblically. I mean, God has really given people on this call talents, uh, probably more talents than often we're willing to truly embrace that we have, but he's calling us to multiply He's not asking us to bury our talents and hope it all works out. Uh, He's saying multiply your talents, take risk, uh, believe in yourself, and launch yourself toward a destiny that this world so desperately needs. Uh, One of the things it says in the book is we don't really need a new politician in D.C. or a new person in the statehouse in the state where we live. We need the person, the leader, the difference maker, that's squarely in the center of our heart and soul to step up and become what that difference maker and what that person can become that God created to be substantially his on a mission.
0: So Jeff, if I'm, you know, if I'm driving in my car and I'm listening to this podcast or I'm sitting on my couch, eating Cheetos, watching some sort of series on Netflix and I'm on episode twelve hundred. Um, and a lot of people feel ordinary and, and they really do. And they're just sitting there going, they're, they're unhappy. They're unsatisfied. They're not miserable, right? They're not necessarily even in crisis, although you and I both know you're either growing to greatness or you're growing to total disaster. Uh, you're headed one way or the other. But if, if, if they're feeling ordinary, how, like, what would you say is the first or the most important thing for them to do to go from ordinary to extraordinary?
1: Yeah, I love that question, and I think it starts with with just a healthy dose of being a child of God, being a child of the King, uh, being created by God for a purpose that's greater that that's greater than us, that's greater than me, and then. Um, we talk about this in the book, but but we talk about the view of the summit. And um, I love challenging people to get a five-year vision of what could be possible. And I'd love to ask them again to look at that Ephesians 3:20 verse, exceedingly abundantly above or beyond what we would ask or think. But what could be possible in my marriage? What could be a possibility in my vocational life five years from now, 60 months from now? What could be possible in my fitness, my physical fitness? Or my community involvement. What could be possible in my faith journey? Um, and and you know, sixty months from now, it's far enough out that it's not quite so scary to think about what's possible, what could be possible. And then uh, and then from there, the view of the summit, uh, visioning five years out. Then we want to take a small step in the in the future. Let's say beginning in twenty twenty one. Uh, which is, again, a crazy year for us to think about coming off of 2020. Intentionality and steps forward, not steep steps toward the view of the summit, but actually just steps in the direction of the summit that are manageable, that can lead to a habit. Because forming habits is this critical
0: thing. Ah, forming habits. And I know that you help people learn the right habits, right? You know, like I've, I've established some really dysfunctional habits throughout my life that did not lead to extraordinary. Uh, And so I know it's important to establish the correct habits. Um, What, how do you, so what would be some of the key habits that you recommend and, and they can find this in the book, but what, what would be one or two of the habits you felt like have been most important in your own life and your own success?
1: Well, the number one thing, Michael, for me has been um, time in, in, in the word of God, time daily. For me, it's really early in the morning and it's, and it's been a journey of literally 40 years. And uh, in fact, I'll tell you a cute story. One of my advisors, uh, who I love, uh, is extremely successful, but has had struggle, struggled in his, uh, in his faith journey and, and his daily quiet time. So I went down and visited with him. Uh, this has been late. This is a couple of years ago. But I said, hey, I've made a decision. And I said, I'm going to give you $100 every morning that I don't have my quiet time. He says, oh, my gosh, that's what? And I said, yes, yes, $100 every morning that I don't have my quiet time. And he's like, oh, my gosh, that's great. Okay. Well, thank you. Okay. <laughs> and so he doesn't he doesn't do what, what I think he'll do. But then he calls me like a day later. He says, you know, I've been thinking about this. If you give me $100, i will give you 50 And I said, oh, oh, you will? And he says, yeah, I'll give you 50 And then the year hadn't started yet. And I'm like, okay. And so as a year goes closer. He says, okay, wait, 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 wait. He said, I think 20, I think I, I'll give you 20. And so we're negotiating this deal about day three he calls me and he says, I owe you 60 bucks. Yeah. I said, he said, do you owe me anything? I'm, I'm trying to figure out if this offsets. Yeah. <laughs> I said, well, I don't owe you anything yet. And so he said, well, I think my number might should be less. Uh, this, this could add up to a lot of money. I said, why don't you do the quiet time? Why don't you try that? that this, you know, well, anyway, longer than short of it is, he calls me uh, about 20 days into the month, and he says, I have a question. And I said, okay. He says, when was the last time that you didn't have a quiet time on a, in a day? And I was like, it's been about 25 years. <laughs> but I think that habit is critical. And it's work, right? I mean, it starts out as work. Uh, in the long run, you are that deer that panteth after water. But in the long, in the short run, it actually requires work, and you don't have to. You don't have to spend an hour or forty-four minutes or even twenty-five minutes. You can just have a brief quiet time daily and get in the habit.
0: Yeah, and I know that habits are incredibly common for highly successful people. Um, let me ask you. I, here's a final question for you. So, a lot of people download this podcast or listen to it because they're hurting in their marriage. And Jeff, you know, the journey that my own wife and I have been on the last year and a half or so, two years, I'll just give it two years. And I know one of the areas that I fail miserably in uh, is being a leader. So as a man, right? So if, if you could take a minute here just to speak to a man, and uh, this is just as much for me as anyone listening. But I know failing my wife and my children as a leader in my home caused a tremendous amount of consequence in my marriage and obviously for my children. And clearly God will hold them accountable for their own junk <laughs> so they don't get to be victims just because dad stunk at leading. But what does it look like? for a man to lead his family in today's world? Cause I, I'll tell you, Jeff, I find that is an epidemic of catastrophic proportions is that men, we are constantly under attack to not be men. And we don't know what it looks like to, to lead. What What would you say?
1: Man, Michael, I, I am so glad for that question. Um, And let me caveat this by saying this for me is is sort of where the rubber meets the road. It's what I what I believe is critical uh, in America today is we need we need we need men to step up and lead. The word that comes to my mind is the word fierce. Mm. We've got to be fierce and we've got to fiercely love, fiercely love. And that's, you know, not always two words that you hear together. Psalm 45. Psalm 45 says this, and it's a Psalm about King David, uh, verses three and four, it says, "'Gird your sword upon your side, O mighty warrior.'" Okay, that's how it starts. And you know, this world, including the women in this world, needs some men to strap on their sword and ride forth as a warrior. It says, "'On, on, uh, on behalf of truth, humility, and righteousness, ride forth victoriously.'" It goes on to say, with your right hand, do awesome deeds that God has called you to do. And and I think that we need more leaders like that, more men to step up and lead in their household and lead in in the marketplace, lead in their community, and be the kind of leaders that God has called them to be um, in a way. And again, fiercely loving, fiercely humble. But, that, but with intentionality in that in that in that way,
0: that's what I was going to lock in on. Jeff is how important it is, and I know that you are intentional. Using the word love, putting fierce with love, um, leading what I'm finally I think beginning to really understand has been several things, but it is it's being a warrior. Like men, our DNA is to protect. Because we are stronger, no matter what the world tries to tell us, we are physically more strong and imposing than females. And so if you choose to get married, our life is genetically designed to respond to our our warrior our fierceness. But that has to come out of love. And Jeff, I'm, you know, we won't, I've already told you, we're not going to show this video uh, anywhere, so I know Jeff's getting a little nervous because he sees me, he sees me unbuttoning my shirt. But there's something I have a long sleeve shirt on, so I've made this incredibly uncomfortable for Jeff. But he's known me long enough, this probably doesn't even surprise you. But I found it fascinating, Jeff, that you went towards that fierce kind of warrior attitude because in September of 2019. I got my first ever tattoo, and it's big. You can see it kind of goes from the top of my shoulder all the way almost down to my elbow. But do you know what this is? No, tell me. This is my version of the Archangel Michael, which is who I was named after. Um, And that's one of the things I've learned, Jeff, over this year, or a couple of years, is that God did not call me to be passive. He did not call me to be timid. And I think a lot of men fail in the area of we, like I did, I'll just keep speaking for myself. I don't want to project that onto everybody, but boy, I keep meeting a lot of men through our ministry that are dealing with the same thing. But God did not call us to be passive or timid. He called us to be fierce. He called us to be warriors, which means sometimes we have to stand up for what's right, stand up for what God is calling, and it is uncomfortable. It is painful. And if we spend a lifetime with our wife and our children avoiding pain, right, not putting our foot down when we know the Lord is calling us to do that, then we don't just fail in our family, but I would assume we're going to fail at, at life, but our, our business as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, Michael, I'm holding up my wedding ring, which I know the audio listeners can't see, but um, Cindy and I got this wedding ring on a trip to Israel recently, and <clears throat> it, it's, it has Hebrew words written on it. And what it says is, God is a warrior, Yahweh is his name. Uh, we were created in the image of God. Men specifically were created by God in God's own image. And God is a fierce warrior. And the 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 world has sort of homogenized us. Yeah. Um it, it and we and we blended in well. And quite frankly that fierceness sort of scares the world. And so as we homogenize in we 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 sort of get these attributes that maybe aren't the attributes of God, or maybe there's femininity in that, or maybe maybe we are more uh, kinder and gentler. And I'm not saying we shouldn't be kind, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be gentle. In fact, I'm saying we should have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and, f- and faithfulness and self-control. But I'm also saying that in the image of God, we are fierce warriors. God is a warrior. Yahweh is his name.
0: I love that ring. I think your ring was a lot easier than my tattoo. (laughs) Well, I was thinking
1: that I was yeah that the tattoo looks painful to me. Actually,
0: were you four hours on a chair? I got to remind (laughs) myself that I got to step up and be a warrior in my life, and I could have gotten a stinking ring. (laughs) It would have said the same thing. Uh, (laughs) No, you know, uh, Jeff. When and we'll start closing down now, but. Um, I think what, when I look at the book and, and again, everybody, you can get it probably wherever books are sold, but I know you can get it on Amazon. It's Jeff reader, do life differently, a strategic path toward, uh, extraordinary. I have a link on this podcast episodes directly to my book. No, no, <laughs> that would be that that's wrong. It, it, it's, it's to your book, Jeff, so people can find that on Amazon easily just at smalleyinstitute.com and this podcast page. But what you're trying to do to help people go from ordinary to extraordinary, that's what we want. That's what everyone dreams of. Nobody gets married thinking, oh, I could have a whole hum marriage and kind of skirt along for 50 years and die. No one thinks, you know, when they go to college or maybe they've taken a different path, That oh yeah I just you know I just hope I exist I know that and probably because we're creating God's image that I think every single one of us has that extraordinary design deep inside of us because we are creating God's image and thank you for giving us a pathway to really unlock it sounds like well you tell me if I'm just making stuff up at this point but you're really helping with this book to unlock what we have. We just gotta know how do you access it and then let it out. Yeah, the,
1: I, I think that's exactly right, Michael. The world sort of beats into us what is not possible. One of the stories I tell in the book is, is speaking to, to college seniors and, and talking to them about, hey, what's your dream for your marriage? What's your dream for your you know fitness life, for your spiritual life? And they'll write and they'll write. But if I ask a group of 40-something year olds, hey, what's your dream for your marriage? They fold their arms and they kind of turn their head and they kind of scowl at me as if this dude doesn't even know that dreams don't come true. Yeah. <clears throat> dreams do come true. And and God says, the, the the word of God says, without a vision, people perish. And uh, I guess this is really bad, Michael, but I I've added to that. Uh I, I say that a lot, without a vision, people perish. But then I say, but often with a vision. People thrive. And I think that's really true. But, but, but having a bold vision for what's possible is really an important part of, of successfully moving towards significance in our journey.
0: Shockingly, sitting on my couch day after day, eating Cheetos, binge watching Hulu and Netflix isn't going to get me there. It takes work and it takes vision, it takes mindfulness I love that in your book it's so blatantly that yo, you've got to be intentional and the more you're intentional and the more purpose and we tap in to God for that vision he's put on your heart those those of you listening he is calling you to something greater and to something extraordinary, are you willing to do the work and I think getting your book Jeff is the first step and it and it and it's a it's an important first step to have a real strategic game plan on how to find that vision that purpose and then go for it.
1: We have tons of people praying that that will be an important first step for folks. So thanks for that Michael. What a blessing for me to get to spend some time with you, you and your ministry. We love you and Amy. It's just you guys are extraordinary. Thank you for what you're
0: doing. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. When's the last time you had a professional marriage expert give you advice, proven strategies to help you overcome the miserable arguments and fights that keep coming back again and again and again? You know what I'm talking about. Is your relationship struggling with difficulty communicating? Maybe it's just a lack of intimacy and feeling disconnected, or maybe you feel stuck. Because of those same stupid arguments, you just can't seem to get past. Hey, if resentment is becoming a problem, don't waste another moment. Join the VIP inner circle. Head on over to smalleyinstitute.com and get live help throughout the week with yours truly, me. Allow me the chance. I want the chance to help to give you the proven strategies that I know work. I've researched these things personally, and anything I'm going to use to help you has been proven effective by other researchers. So I'm telling you, these things work. Personalized coaching, well, that's not all you're going to get. With the VIP inner circle membership, you'll gain instant access to a massive vault of marriage education online courses. You're gonna get downloadable couples exercises. Man, you can print these things out and use them in the moment to make sure your relationship doesn't become miserable. You'll have access to free monthly webinars and very cool online assessments to help you know exactly the growth areas for you that need to change smalleyinstitute.com. Join the family with the VIP Inner Circle Membership.